my fellow humans, and welcome back to another Daily Sports Breakdown. Uh, today we're going to be talking about some college bowl games and how I think those are going to turn out. The MLB lockout and what Manfred, what Robert Manfred has said about those. Uh, the college basketball season uh, and Gonzaga's current struggles, we're going to really dive onto that. Um, and we're going to look at how they can get out of these struggles and how they can overcome these and go back to the championship contenders that everyone expected them to be. Next, we're going to talk about the NFL Super Bowl contenders in that season and how I think that's going to end. We're going to talk about way too early NBA predictions and the Olympic diplomatic boycott brought on by Joe Biden. Alrighty, so right now we're going to look at the current rankings in the college bowl games. Uh, right now, Alabama is up two spots in the first spot ranking after beating uh, Georgia last this weekend. Uh, that was a pretty shocking win, in my opinion. I really expected Georgia to continue that uh, undefeated streak and go on to be undefeated and be a championship winner, uh, win the national championship. Next, we have Michigan staying where they were last week. At the second spot, that was kind of expected after they won the Big Ten Championship. Uh, next, we have the University of Georgia going down true spots, uh, sitting where Alabama was last week after they lost to Alabama, as I said, in the SEC Championship game. I was really surprised by this. I expected that UGA defense to really hold strong and hold Alabama's offense. Um, next, we have Cincinnati staying where they were last week at 13-0. I'm really surprised they're not higher. I expected them to be two or three this week, but, I mean, here's where we are, you know, the ranking system. Next, we have number five, Notre Dame, going up a spot. Then we have Ohio State University rising up a spot as well. Then we have number seven, Baylor, uh, after they beat o Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship. That was a pretty... I expected it, but most people didn't. That was surprising to a lot of people um, and that win. Um, and then we have Ole Miss staying where they were last week. Oklahoma State dropped four spots um, after they lost to Baylor in the Big 12 Championship. And rounding out the top ten, we have Michigan State University rising up a, rising up a spot. So we're going to get into looking at the college bowl games and how I expect them to go. Um Right now, just a second. So one of the first bowls that's going to be happening that I'm really going to want to be watching is going to be the the uh, Birmingham Bowl, the Birmingham Bowl between Houston and Austin. U of H is ranked 20 this year. They really uh, surprised a lot of people this year at 11-2. and two. Um, But Auburn has really surprised a lot of people, too, taking Alabama to the brink in that in the Iron Bowl. So I really think this is going to be a pretty close game and a good game at that. Um, Next one that I would like I'm going to be watching for sure is going to be Clemson versus Iowa State in the Cheez-It Bowl. That's going to be a really big game. Clemson was a little slow out of the gate this year, but they uh, really picked it up towards the end of the season. We're able to save that season. Iowa State was real hot out of the gates this year, but after losing to Baylor and some other uh, unranked teams, they dropped out of the top 25 unexpectedly. A lot of people thought they were going to be super, super good this year, even uh, national championship contenders this year. Next is going to be a really good one, uh, the Alamo Bowl versus Oregon versus Oklahoma. 
Oregon was really highly ranked coming into, what was that, week week 10 and 11. They were really high up there. People expected them to go to the championship as well. Um, same thing with Oklahoma. Oklahoma was super highly ranked, undefeated. Then they lost to had those losses to Baylor and uh, Oklahoma State, and that really dropped them pretty far in the rankings. Um, and I think that's going to be a really close game, a really good game, a really fun game to watch. Another big game is going to be Pittsburgh versus Michigan State in the Peach Bowl. That's going to be a really good game, a really close game as well. You'll see that Michigan State defense uh, really challenge the Pittsburgh offense um, and that really good offense that Pittsburgh has had this year. I think you'll see Pittsburgh's D-line really challenge uh, the rushing rushing attack of Michigan State. Uh, Next, we're going to move on to the Gator Bowl of Wake Forest versus Texas A&M. I'm intrigued to see how A&M plays in this game because they've been pretty on and off. They've either been really good like they were against Alabama, absolutely. Well, I wouldn't say absolutely. I would say beating Alabama, but um, but they've been on and off. They've been pretty horrible against some teams, but they've been really, really good against teams like Alabama, of course. Um, and Wake Forest was, what, undefeated going into Week 10 or Week 11, and then they just kind of fell off. But I expect that to be a pretty good game as well. Um, another really, really – so now we're going to go look at the college football playoff semifinals. Cincy versus Alabama. Um, I expect Alabama to come in here acting – come into this game acting like they are the best team, which they really aren't in my opinion. In my opinion, Georgia is far better than Alabama. They just choked um, in that SEC championship game. So I feel like they're going to come in here real cocky, and I feel like they're going to get embarrassed by Cincinnati, and Cincinnati will go on to the uh, championship. I really see Cincinnati playing well in this game, and that Cincinnati defense matching up against the Alabama offense very well. I kind of expect the Alabama offense or their defense to go back to where they were before University of Georgia and kind of uh, choke a little on them as well. Um. Then we'll move on to the second matchup of the semifinal, Georgia versus Michigan. This is going to be an amazing game. This is going to be a super close game, but I think in the end it will go to Georgia. Um, this is this is going to be a really good game, and it's hard to predict because that UGA defense is just insane. But that Michigan offense, that, that uh, running game that Michigan has is also just so good. I really think UGA will edge it out and go play Cincinnati in the college football championship, but we'll see. Um, I think both of those games are going to be really close, but I expect Georgia and Cincy to play in the championship. Now we're going to move on to the really big bowl games. Um, Number seven, Baylor versus number eight, Ole Miss in the Sugar Bowl. This is going to be such a good game. As a Baylor fan myself, I expect Baylor to do what they have been doing all season, go in there and upset, do what people think they can't. That defense will prove people wrong, Um, and I think it's going to be a really good game, and that's definitely one to watch. Uh, Next, we will go to Oklahoma State versus Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl. That's going to be a really good game. 
As far as closeness, I think that Oklahoma State defense will go back to what they were before the Baylor game and really challenge that Notre Dame defense or offense, challenge that Notre Dame offense that they've got, that rushing offense. It's going to be a really close game and going to be a really great game to watch. Um, another really close game, I think, was going to be Utah versus Ohio State. Most people think, oh, Utah is not that good. They've, they just have a good record. And they think Ohio State should even be in the semi college football playoff semifinals. I disagree with both of those statements. I think Utah's going to go in and surprise people and beat Ohio State. Um, and as I said, I expect Cincinnati and UGA in the championship. And I think Cincy will take it over UGA, in my opinion. That Cincy defense. And that since the offense are just better than UGA's offense and defense. But, uh, yeah, I, that's all I have to say on that. So now we're going to move into the uh, section on the MLB lockout. Um, and we're first going to talk about uh, Robert Manfred's letter. I'm, I'm going to read this letter to you. He starts it off by saying, To our fans, I first want to thank you for your continued support of this great game of baseball. This past season, we were reminded of how our national pastime can bring us together and restore hope despite the difficult challenges of a global pandemic. As we began to emerge from one of the darkest periods in our histories, our, bar our ballparks were filled with fans, the games, the games were filled with excitements, and millions of families felt the joy of watching baseball together. That is why I'm so disappointed about the situation in which our game finds itself today. Despite the league's best efforts to make a deal with the Players Association, we were unable to extend our 26-year-long history of labor peace and come to an agreement with the MLBPA before the current CBA expired. If, for those of you that don't know what the CBA is, the CBA is the collective bargaining agreement between uh, the owners of Major League Baseball and the Players Association, which is basically the union uh, for the players. Therefore, we have been forced to commence a lockout of Major League players effective at 12.01 a.m. Eastern Time on December 2nd. So he's basically just giving them information about the the situation and what's going on in the situation. This is where I start to disagree with him on this. He then goes into the these next few paragraphs, and it, he's basically blaming the players and saying, oh, well, the players wouldn't make a deal with us. This is all the players' fault because we tried to give solutions and thus. But the thing is, they haven't really done what the players have asked. The players wanted specific things like a salary floor, um, and, a, and no salary cap, and they they didn't they wanted things like this to help them. And in my opinions, you it's the players are always right in situations like these. The owners can always afford to pay the players more. Um, and something like a salary floor is necessary, I think, to make the league more competitive and more exciting. And I think paying the players more, having to have this salary floor is not a bad thing. While the owners may think, oh, they're trying to force us to pay them more money, they're really wrong in this ideal because this will make all the teams more competitive, therefore their teams more interesting and their teams make more money. Um, but that's really what this letter is saying, and I'm really disappointed in what Manfred has done in this situation. All he's done is basically blame the players and say, oh, well, the, this is all the players' fault because the players wouldn't wouldn't do what I wanted because Manfred is 
always been manipulative like this. He phrases things in the way that makes it sound like it's everyone else's fault and it's never his fault, even though very commonly, as those of you who follow baseball know, it is very often his fault. Um, one of the big things in this letter was also talking about an age-based system that would eliminate um, any claims of service time manipulation. The problem with that is you then have minor leaguers or someone like, it, it eliminates, it makes it harder for teams to rebuild. I wouldn't say it eliminates the ability for teams to rebuild, but it makes it far, far harder for teams to rebuild. Um, in situations you would have, according to this, you would have players go on the market at age 27. And that basically gives people and players, that gives you, if you're drafted when you're 21 out of college, that gives you six years. You have six years of club control before you, therefore, then go into um, free agency. And I really want to bring up the point of someone like um, Adley, Adley Rutschman. So I think if we use this age-based system, I think Adley would have been rushed to the majors, and I think he wouldn't have developed like he needed to. And like we're seeing out of Adley, I think it's good that we have the system that we have. They just need to fix the service time system and when service time is considered rather than uh, than at an age-based system. But um, that's, that's pretty much what's going on with the lockout. According to this, they're going to have a meeting on um, December the 11th to try to discuss another deal, um, but I doubt it. In my opinion, I really think that this is going to cause some serious season delay, maybe maybe just spring training, but I can see it taking out the first few months of the season as well if the MLB owners won't budge. Um, but, yeah, that that's pretty much what's going on with the MLB lockout right now. Okay, so now we're going to get into some college basketball games and how I think the season is going thus far um, and things like that. Um, we're also going to talk about uh, Gonzaga's struggles um, and how they have really flopped on what people thought they would. People thought they were going to win the national championship this year, win the national title, um, and I, I just can't see that happening at this point um, unless they really turn it around. Up to this point, we're looking at the rankings. Uh, Purdue... After beating Gonzaga, they went up to first with uh they went up one spot to first. Baylor went up two spots to two. Um, both of those teams are the only two teams with undefeated records. Both are eight and zero. And third, you have Duke down two spots. A lot of people thought Duke was gonna was was a heavy championship contender at this point. Up next, we have UCLA at 8-1. and one. They have moved up one spot. And at fifth, you have the very disappointing, in my opinion, at least, Gonzaga Bulldogs. They've been down two spots. They were at one point in first and expected to win the championship again, and now they're in fifth. Next, you have number six, Villanova. Uh, they're doing pretty good. Um, I expect them to make a run like they did last year be a middle-of-the-pack middle ranked team and make a pretty deep run. Um, next, you have Kansas. People thought Kansas was going to be a lot better than it was this year. It was They've been kind of disappointing, in my opinion. Um, next, you have Alabama. Alabama has been surprising, in my opinion. 
they really come from nowhere. People didn't think they were going to do as well as they did, and they did they did really well this year. And rounding at the top ten, we have the University of Kentucky at six and one, down one spot from ninth. So we're, I'm going to talk about Gonzaga's struggles. Gonzaga has really, really struggled, in my opinion, due to the, I wouldn't say absence, but Drew Timmy has essentially been absent as far as this season goes. Drew Timmy has not been playing like he's expected to play. Um, people thought Drew Timmy was going to be a number one pick, uh, one of the, the best power forward in college basketball and go into the NBA as an all-rookie team, as an all-rookie, first-team all-rookie, and definitely rookie of the year candidate, and he just has not been showing that this year. Um, We'll talk about uh, Duke. Duke has really been struggling as of late with perimeter defense, conquering those tough perimeter defenses. I'm going to say it. I want to, and moving on from Duke, I'm going to say it. Baylor's going to win the national championship again this year. They will repeat. Baylor is one of the few teams that didn't lose a lot of people in the draft. They lost, I think, two people to the draft, and then they recruited the same or better players to replace those players. And I really think they have a shot at repeating as national champions. Uh, University of Kentucky and Villanova are also people on this list that are have chances of making deep runs. Um, like last year, I can see Villanova going back to the Sweet 16 and the University of Kentucky maybe making it Sweet 16, maybe maybe even uh, top eight or elite eight. Um, but that, that'll be an interesting situation. Uh, University of Houston, that's at 14. That's something that was kind of surprising to me, them being ranked this low and struggling this much into the season. But I think they'll really excel as the season develops and continues. So, yeah, that's pretty much the college basketball season at this point. I want to go look at the coaches poll real quick um, and what the coaches think. They have essentially the same order in the top. No, there's some differences in the top 10. They have Purdue at uh, one with 29 votes. Uh, uh, I forgot to mention this, but Purdue was a perfect 61 unanimous number one this week. But in the coaches poll, Purdue was ranked 29th uh, with Baylor ranked second with three votes in the coaches poll uh, with Duke at third. Uh, at seven and one, UCLA in the same spot at fourth, Gonzaga in the same spot at fifth, Villanova the same. So the top six is the same, but the big difference is that Baylor's receiving first place votes from the coaches pool. Kansas uh, up a spot from where the AP ranked them at seven. Arizona up uh, several spots from where three three spots it looks like at number eight from where they were ranked in the AP's poll. Alabama at the same spot at nine, and then a really unexpected, in my opinion, Arkansas in the top ten um, in the coaches' poll. So that one's pretty interesting to me in the coaches' poll. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much how the ba- college basketball season's going thus far and what I think about Gonzaga's struggles. So next we're going to move on to talking about the NFL season and who I think are heavy Super Bowl contenders at this point. Um, and things like that. So I want to quickly go over the rankings um, and who's standing where 
In the AFC, you have New England, Baltimore, Tennessee, and Kansas City as the division leaders with uh, possible wild cards in the NFC looking at Cincy, Cincinnati, Buffalo, maybe in Indianapolis if they can pull it together, possibly at Cli- uh, uh, I almost said Clippers, Chargers team, but I don't think the Chargers have the uh, ability to really push into the playoffs in my opinion. Now we're going to go look at the NFC uh, with Dallas, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, and Arizona as your division leaders with, uh, in my opinion, there's only really, there's like two, maybe three wild cards at this point. The Rams definitely are wild card pick, and the Washington football team I really think are the two, are the only two in the NFC that you that I can see being wild card teams. Um, but onward, I want to talk about um, close uh, possible Super Bowl contenders, teams that are just on the cusp that could easily that that could win the Super Bowl. Of course, um, in my opinion, in the AFC, the two that I think what the bracket's going to look like is you'll have Buffalo versus New England versus, and then you'll have Tennessee versus Baltimore in the divisional round with uh, Indianapolis or uh, yeah. Yeah. Indianapolis losing to Buffalo in the wild card round. And I think that Tennessee will go on to play New England. And I, in my opinion, I think Tennessee will go on to win the Super Bowl. They've just been super dominant this season. Next, uh, we're going to look at the NFC. In my opinion, the NFC, the rounds will probably look like uh, the Rams facing probably the Rams facing Arizona, um, beating Washington in the wild card round. And then uh, probably Dallas beating Tampa. Um, and then Green Bay, yeah, so like that. So Arizona and Green Bay in the championship round. And then in my opinion, it'll probably be Tennessee versus Green Bay this year, but I don't know. As far as contenders go, New England, New England has really – improved from the beginning of the season. Mac has figured out how to throw the ball and not throw interceptions. It's been pretty impressive to watch him play. He's looking like a young Tom Brady in the making. Um, I think Buffalo really has a shot at this with Josh Allen and that defense. If that defense can continue to be where it was at the beginning of the season, I can really see Buffalo making a run and stirring things up in the uh, NFC or the AFC's competition. Next, we're going to talk about Baltimore. Baltimore has been less than impressive this year, in my opinion. They have come very, very close to losing to some very bad teams. Like, they almost lost to the Lions at one point with Justin Tucker's amazing, what was it, 66 yard or 65 yard or something like that. That was insane. And I just, I can't see Baltimore being a deep Super Bowl contender. I think Cincy could even beat him in the division if they Cincy plays well enough. Next, we'll talk about the uh, Titans and the Colts. I think the Titans, the Titans are just good. That defense and that offense with Tannehill, AJ Brown, um, Julio, Julio Jones, um, the running back game has been a little 
hard after King Henry was out, but I really think that this Titans team has the ability to go all the way. Uh, with Indianapolis at 7-6 and six right now, they're lower than we expected, but that O-line and that Chargers de- uh, mm, uh, Indianapolis defense is just really, really good this year. Next, we're going to look at the Chiefs. Um, the Chiefs are a weird team to me. They have ability, but we've seen them struggle this year, and we don't really know why they struggled so badly. Like, at one point, they were 4-4 four and four at the bottom of the division. Like, it, it was insane, but they really come back with Mahomes leading them. And I think Mahomes was just in a rough spot. He was struggling a little. And I think they have a chance, but I don't think it's as good as people think it is. Next, we'll go on to the team that I hate the most, Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys are a fraud. There, There's no way that the da- Dallas will make it past the divisional round. They will lose in the divisional round, mark my words. Next, we'll go look at Green Bay. Green Bay is just, they're insane. That O-line with Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. Uh, I'm missing someone. Who am I missing? Goodness. Uh, Devontae Adams. Aaron Jones, even. Um And that O-line, that O-line is just insane. Uh, that that Packers O-line is really good. Um, next, we'll move on to Tampa Bay. I can I, – Tampa, Tampa's really good. That defense is really good with the old vet Brady leading them. I think they've got a chance, but I don't really think it's as good as people think it is. I just – yeah, I can't see Brady being that. Brady taking them and winning another one. There's no way, in my opinion. Um, next, we'll move on to Arizona. Arizona is shockingly good with Kyler as their quarterback. Kyler Murray is insane. Um, that defense is amazing. That wide receiving core is amazing. And they don't even need a good O-line. Kyler Murray will just run his way out of things if it gets bad enough. Uh, that's that's what I have to say about Arizona. Arizona's insane this year. I mean, what can you say? Los Angeles Rams. The Rams are an interesting team. They're a team that people really expected to go in and be what the Arizona Cardinals are the Cardinals are doing right now. Um, but they've had some unexpected injuries and struggled a little bit against teams that they probably shouldn't have struggled against. Um, but I think the Rams have a solid shot if uh, Stafford can wake up and do what he was doing at the beginning of the season. That's that's really what I think, in my opinion. Green Bay and ten, uh, the Tennessee Titans will be in the Super Bowl, but uh, let me know what you guys think. All right, so we're now going to go on and talk about the Olympic uh, diplomatic boycott and some of the effects that I think this will have on the Winter Olympics. So uh, at about, mm, I think it was about 1.30 today, um, Joe Biden in the White House announced that there would be no um, American like officials, political officials, at the Beijing games to as to boycott China's human rights violations and the things that China has done in the past few years. I'm not going to get political on this, just things like that. Um, I think this can, this will cause a lot of damage to damage to the hockey team, especially I can see a lot of NHL hockey players that are really good not wanting to play um, as to fear. And I can see a lot of American athletes in general just being turned off by the Beijing Olympics due to this boycott. 
um, and the Americans not doing as well as they usually expect to do, um, and and things like that. Um, but I don't I don't really see the Olympic diplomatic boycott as that big a deal, other than the NHL players, and several have said that they already are considering not going to the Olympics. So that's going to wrap it up for us today, guys. Thank you for listening to this daily sports briefing, your daily sports breakdown. Always remember to come back every single day. We will have a new episode, and you guys have a great day.